0: Welcome to Hedge Interview. I'm Jennifer Bruno, and this episode is part of the Manager Profile series, which features distinguished asset managers with a unique approach in their strategy space. My guest today is Andrew Cohen. He is a co-founder of Defesa Capital, and he is the firm's chief investment officer. Prior to founding Defesa, Andrew co-founded the Ramius Event Driven and Arbitrage Group within Cowan Investment Management. He has 23 years of investment experience, focusing on special situations, event-driven, arbitrage, private equity, and distressed debt strategies. Thank you for joining me today, Andrew.
1: Great. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. It's good to be here.
0: So tell us about Defesa.
1: So, you know, you mentioned uh, I've worked across a lot of different strategies, and uh, when I was thinking about starting something new. Uh, I really wanted to focus on something that had limited downside but optionality to the upside. And so, Defesa's main strategy is really focused on special situations where we're looking to capture yield for our investors that has limited beta to the overall market while also capturing equity convexity to the upside. We want to have limited beta to the equity markets and limited volatility. Uh, to provide something that's a bit more stable, but where on occasion, uh, when we get things right, equity-like returns can shine through the portfolio.
0: Okay, and so tell me a bit about your background and how you got into this this space.
1: Sure. So uh, I've been in the business, as you said, I've been in the hedge fund business for uh, twenty three years, and. I was fortunate to work at uh, a large multi-strategy hedge fund called Ramius uh, for the majority of that time. And while I was there, really worked across every corporate finance-based hedge fund strategy you can think of, whether it was long-short equity or uh, activist investing in deep-value small-cap equities or convertible bonds or warrant arbitrage or merger arbitrage or distressed debt. Uh, and so um, I think something unique that I bring to the table uh, is that I, I have a breadth of knowledge about how uh, to use different securities and different products uh, across the spectrum. Uh, whereas I think a lot of people today are really focused on one particular vertical, uh, my background uh, really spans multiple verticals, uh, which uh, really enables us to do some interesting things at FSA
0: And so that really dovetails right into your specific approach and your strategy. So tell us about how your strategy works. What are you, how how are you achieving your goals within this strategy? Tell us how it works.
1: Sure. So, you know, we're looking to generate uh, returns that sort of bridge fixed income to to equity like returns. uh, And we're looking to protect downside. The name Defesa itself is defense in Italian, so we're always thinking about how to protect the downside while capturing a yield for our investors across the portfolio and that equity optionality uh, to the upside. And we do that sort of through a three-legged stool. We will use multiple different asset classes. Uh, One asset class that I'm sure many people have read about over the past uh, couple years that... uh, has had a boom and bust is the SPAC asset class mm-hmm. where uh, we've been able to extract a lot of value um, and have developed, you know, a strong track record uh, and really weren't dragged down in that boom and bust. Uh, another one is the convertible bond market where uh, typically when you have bear markets uh, like we lived through in 2022, you can see significant corrections uh, and tremendous opportunity uh, which is a cyclical thing that I've seen happen multiple times in my career. Uh, and so we can use the bond portion of the convertible bond to capture that yield, or we can look to capture optionality through the call option that's uh, embedded in the convert. And then we can use equities and we can use other equity linked securities like warrants or listed options to express our views. So whether it's in SPAC securities or in convertible bonds or in equities and warrants, uh, we can utilize all these different tools to uh, express views and create trades that we believe have limited downside uh, and will generate a return, but um, often have this optionality to the upside.
0: And I mean, your strategy seems unique to me. I don't know of I haven't come across many doing what you're doing. But if you do have peers in your in this particular space, how would you differentiate? What would you say is your point of differentiation?
1: So I think we're differentiated in that there aren't very many funds that are just focused on what we're doing. Uh, I think all the things that we're doing, you would find inside of a large multi-strategy firm. Uh, and there would be a, a convert guy who maybe did some SPAC stuff, or there might be a guy who just did warrant arbitrage or Warren vault trading, um, or there might be a guy that just did value equ- equities. Um, and, and so I think our differentiation and where there aren't very many peers for us is, is that we're doing all of these things in one unique format uh, together. And it allows us to have an evergreen strategy across the cycle where in a time when there may be less to do in the SPAC market, there's more to do in the convertible bond market. Uh, Or if there's um, less to do in the convertible bond market, there might be more to do in orphaned equities or small cap equities. Uh, And and I think our uh, ability, my partner Greg Davis and I, uh, our ability to look across asset classes, whether it's debt whether it's equity or whether it's a derivative, uh, is really, you know, a differentiator for us in how we can take this lens of looking for asymmetric risk reward trades and apply it, whether it's to one asset class or another. We're really coming at everything from a process perspective the same way using our skill sets that uh, are supported by, you know, 20 plus year careers in the industry across uh, these different uh, types of investing.
0: And what would you say drives your decision making across these asset classes? You know, what what is a driver that would make you focus on one um, sleeve versus another?
1: Uh, so I think first, uh, I'll come back to that question. But I think, you know, in thinking about our decision making in particular over the past year or so, uh, we always have to think about the macro and what's going on more broadly. And that you know, will influence how we size the portfolio, how we utilize leverage in the portfolio and uh, how much equity exposure we might want to have in things like equities or warrants versus how much exposure we might want to have in something like bonds or SPAC cash yielding securities that are more safe. Right. And so um, certainly thinking about uh, the macro environment influences our decision-making at the portfolio level. And then um, at the individual position level, uh, really what influences us at the end of the day is the risk-reward of a trade. And we're we're looking for things at a minimum where maybe if we lose, it's one down, and if we win, it's three up, right? And that three-to-one risk-reward is sort of the bar that we're looking to achieve in any type of trade, and um, as I said before, then we can be kind of agnostic uh, between these different sub-asset classes and, and have pieces of the portfolio in each of them at any given time. Um, and depending on what the macro environment is, uh, we might want to lean one way or another uh, you know, in 2022, in 2022, we had a lot more exposure to SPAC cash-yielding securities because they're very low beta and they're very safe, and there was a lot of volatility, and the market was contending with uh, you know, the changes in an interest rate cycle and a revaluation of the equity market, uh, and we felt that that was a safe place to generate a return for our investors, whereas coming into this year, you know, we... We view it as sort of we're coming to the end of that interest rate cycle. Inflation is starting to come under control uh, a bit, uh, maybe not altogether, but a bit. uh, And so we're allowing ourselves to have a little bit more equity exposure and a little and, and certainly more convertible bond exposure.
0: It's great that you have that flexibility to kind of move where you need to move where it makes most sense.
1: Yeah, it ma- it makes it so that we're not pigeonholed into any one thing, um, and you know, as the market changes, we can change. Right. Uh, you know, I listened to a, a podcast actually recently with um, uh, the the pilot Sully, who landed the plane in um, the Hudson River, right. and uh, he was being interviewed as they were they were dedicating the aerospace museum in North Carolina, where he's from. Uh, to him and the crew of that and as he was being interviewed they were asking him like you know what are the sort of reflections you have on life and after this experience and and he said you know you always have to be able to change course and uh, having these different tools that we have enables us to change course uh, when the opportunity presents
0: itself and it can be so critical (laughs) yeah so that's really good and tell me about your team and how you guys work together. How long have you known each other and, and how, you, how you work together?
1: Yeah, so uh, my partner, Greg, he's uh, is really uh, my peer. You know, we are very collaborative. We like to look at all our ideas together. Uh, at the end of the day, I get the final say, uh, but um, it, it's a very collaborative approach. And I think we're very fortunate in that um, our trader, Gambrell uh, Snyder, she's been in the business for over 20 years and our uh, head of operations, our COO, Evan Fosius, he's been in the business for over 20 years. Uh, and we've all worked together before. We all worked together at Ramius at various points. And so there's a lot of continuity uh, in the group. Uh, and Gambrell can really uh, deal with the trading and deal with our counterparties uh, and Evan can really manage all of our outsourced service providers, our back office and our middle office and allow Greg and I to focus on the portfolio and managing risk. Uh, and, and that's, you know, for uh, an emerging fund, uh, a great luxury to have. And uh, it's a it, it's a great team that we have put together and, and great that we have a long history together.
0: That long history is so key. It really helps um, a, a group have cohesion and efficiency when you just know how to work together over a period of time. It's really great. Um, what is your approach to risk management?
1: So when it comes to risk management, we think about it in two ways. You have to think about it at the portfolio level and at the individual position level. You know, And then at the portfolio level, for us, the keys are really managing our leverage and our duration in the portfolio, and we're constantly measuring that and managing that depending on uh, you know where we are in the cycle and what the opportunity set is uh, that we're presented with. And you know, with the volatility last year, we took leverage up as an opportunity to buy very high-yielding SPAC securities. Um, and now, as we are allowing ourselves to have some more equity exposure, we're bringing our leverage down because you know we're not utilize. We're, it's not necessary to utilize it as much, uh, given the upside and the convexity that we think we're creating in the portfolio, uh, and all of the worn exposure that we have built up over the past several years. Um, at the single position level, every position starts with downside risk assessment, right? Uh, before we're really thinking about how much money can we make in this trade we're first thinking about how much money could we lose in this trade. Uh, and that comes from both Greg and my background in merger arbitrage, where if a trade goes against you, you know, you could be down 30 or 40%. Uh, and so every trade has a downside, uh, level associated with it, whether it's a downside price in a stock or a yield, uh, in a blowout yield scenario for a bond, um, or a SPAC, uh, piece of paper, um, and, you know, how much are we willing to lose? Uh, you know, we generally don't want to lose more than a 1% or a half a percent uh, in any one position if it goes the wrong way. But like I said, we're looking for three to one risk rewards. So if we're setting up trades where, you know, we could lose half a percent, right, then we could be making a percent and a half on the upside, maybe more. Um, and, and that helps to keep things very tight. Uh, so measuring and managing single name risk as well as portfolio level risk are, are important to us.
0: Great. That's super important, as you know, to investors that and you guys have a really comprehensive approach that's that they, where you're really focusing on it. So that's really important. And what about what would you say is an important lesson learned or lessons learned in your time so far with Defesa that you're bringing with you into 2023?
1: Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know about necessarily just the FESA, but in my career, you know, I would say um, that one thing is that the market can remain irrational longer uh, than you think. And so, you know, you always have to be prepared for that in assessing your risk. Uh, and things don't always play out on your timeline. Um, I would also say that uh, something uh, I learned from my, my past partner is that edge is ephemeral, and that if you have edge in a trade, if you have a piece of research, or you you have a trade that sets up in a particular way, it may not be there for that long, and you have to take advantage of it and size up into those situations when you really have the opportunity. Uh, And and lastly, and in particular, as it relates to the way this uh, year has started out with um, the markets really tearing uh, to start the year, you know, it's never good to chase the market uh, and nothing good ever comes of that. And, you know, you may underperform for a time, but uh, when you chase, you end up, you know, getting yourself in trouble. And, and that's not a good thing to do.
0: Right, right. So
1: You have to stick to your knitting.
0: Yep. And what are you focused on right now? What has your attention maybe in the global macro sense
1: uh, so we're certainly focused on interest rates that are continuing to rise and how that's going to affect valuations in the equity market uh, and constrain the supply of money and the availability of liquidity um, but from a, a micro point of view or from a portfolio point of view um, you know there are so many companies that have come public uh, between 2019 and 2021 and um, and even some in in the beginning of 22 that uh, are really orphaned and have been forgotten about it, the old adage of the baby being thrown out with the bathwater. So we're focused a lot on small cap companies where we see asymmetric risk reward uh, opportunities. And in the convertible bond market, uh, the convertible bonds in 2022 were faced with two headwinds. Not, not only were they being repriced because interest rates were repricing the bond portion of, of the security, but um, the equity portion of the security was being repriced as equities were selling off. And so that was sort of a perfect storm for that asset class. And um, according to Bank of America, uh, it was the worst year for convertible bonds since the financial crisis in 2008. Um, and over at by mid-December of last year, uh, over two thirds of the convertible bond market was trading below par, mm-hmm. and so we see a big opportunity there in what we call busted converts that are out of the money where we can really add value through our credit underwriting and our equity underwriting to find uh hidden hidden yield and and hidden optionality
0: mm-hmm. that's exciting that'll be uh it'll be interesting to keep an eye on you guys and see how those developments play out so yeah, absolutely. it's it's exciting. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a a great interview, and it's great to learn about Defesa.
1: Great. I appreciate you having me, and we look forward to staying in touch.
0: So for more information for for everybody who wants to to look a little bit more on Defesa Capital, you can visit their website at defesa.com. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.